Well, last week we were reading about Paul and Barnabas's missionary journeys, and um, we had had read through some of their uh, the accounts of their trips to Iconium. We had also read about how Paul and Barnabas at Lystra had healed a, uh, a man who'd been crippled from birth and had never walked. And, and it's interesting because you have to realize that in that particular situation, they were in a, in a town where people weren't Jewish. They didn't have a background um, of, of the same type of background and knowledge as some of the places where Paul had, had stopped and, and done miracles and, and been able to, to preach to folks. And so they saw this miracle and they really viewed it through their uh, through the, the eyes of what they knew. And basically they worship Zeus and they worship Hermes and they figured that that Paul and Barnabas must be gods who had, who had come down and uh, and were performing miracles right there in front of them. And so they were they were just unaware. And so as they started to to try to bring offerings and things to to, to Paul and Barnabas, um, we read how they were uh, you know pushing it away and they were telling people who they really are and how they tore their garments and they they rushed out rushed out into the crowd and they were telling them um, about God and trying to, to make it clear that that they weren't worthy of worship and uh, we we read that while. That was something that was was great that they did. It, it uh, last verse there in eighteen says, even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. Uh, so they found themselves in a very interesting situation. And we talked last week about how if God has called them to these places, it seems it, it just seems interesting that that their hearts were not prepared to hear the word of God, uh, even though we know that some folks did get saved and we know that some folks came to an understanding um, it's one of those things where you uh, you look at it and you say wow God's called you there you would you would hope for for results that don't run you out of town or as we're about to read get get uh, get you stoned that's what happened to, to Paul in these next verses but nonetheless um, God has a purpose in all of it and um, we're gonna read through what happened with Paul uh, starting in verse 19 here and it's this is an account of uh, Paul going through the uh, process of doing what he's called to do and it leads to a very uncomfortable situation for him and so let's start reading in verse 19 of chapter 14 of the book of Acts about Paul stoned in Lystra says, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So here we find Paul in a situation where 
Jews have come in and stirred up the people there and um, led to a, a problem and basically persuaded them that Paul should be stoned. And, and so they, can you imagine now, in order for them to suppose that he was dead, they must have pummeled him good. I mean, it really, this is, this is not one of those things where it sounds like that, you know, he, he faced a couple of uh, uncomfortable moments. It sounds like he was literally stoned almost to death and then dragged out of the city and left for dead. They, they felt like they had accomplished their purpose here and they had gotten rid of this Paul fellow. And, uh, but the encouraging part of that to me is in verse 20, so there were disciples who came out and gathered around him. And so you, 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 it doesn't say it here, but you have to, to, to believe, at least I, I believe, that there was probably more than them just running out to be around him. You have to think if they were truly disciples, that they were praying, that they were, you know, that they were doing what they could to try and help and 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 see what was what was going on with Paul and try to and try to save him. And clearly, uh, God saw fit to to re-energize Paul and uh, and to get him back up and let him continue on his journey. Uh, so this this trip was not without. Again, we talk about if God has called you to this. Why would God put him in a situation where he's going to get stoned almost to death and be dragged out of the city? Um, it, it, I'm looking. I'm looking for the. I'm looking for how this advances the gospel and how this helps accomplish what we think is trying to be accomplished here. And obviously, that's bringing the gospel to the uh, to the Gentiles and. All of these things that that we know God's trying to accomplish through the the Apostle Paul, and what I mean, what do you, what do you think? Because I don't know that I have a very good answer for it. Part right of it is they've gotten him almost to death. They think he's dead, and he gets up and keeps going again. Yeah. Worth that. And to three different cities uh, right after. Right after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's actually going back into some cities that he's been run out of somehow. Yeah, somehow he's, he's, he's going right back into these places where he has already been uh, been told to, to get, if you will. And, uh, and he's still doing what he's been, been called to do. So, yeah, that, that actually might be an incredible message to those folks. Um, if they see him, it's like, isn't that the guy we just killed? Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? I think that, you know, look, look us looking back on it, I mean, you're looking at this story. If it was just, you know, somebody said a couple weeks ago, you know, sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and, and all that, rain, <laughs> and it, that it. I think you added how, the unicorns, Steve. I'm not sure. I, I think, yeah, that's right. I did add that. So. <laughs> but in any event, I mean, if you're thinking, if you're thinking back on the story, you know, and, and you hear that, you know, they just went here and, and everybody believed. I, I just, that's part of it. And I think another part of it is anything worth anything in life has to be worked for. There's going to be challenges. It has to be suffered for. Yeah. Well, if you if, and if you really think about it, if God had, quote, prepared all these hearts and, and everyone had started to believe, that flies in the face of everything that we know about ministry. It flies in the face of everything that, that Jesus taught about how things were going to be, of, of facing persecution, 
I mean, all of this is, is really fulfilling what Jesus taught his disciples that they were going to experience. As, as Jesus told them parables, as he talked about, I think you brought up last week, the, the parable of the sower, of the seed. And, and so there's so much that we can look at in, in these accounts in the book of Acts and say, this is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. It's, 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 it's almost word for word. You're going to have problems. You're going to be persecuted. Um, or, you know, essentially, as, as a couple of Wednesday nights uh, ago, we, we had a conversation. You know, are you willing to give up everything to follow Christ regardless of the circumstances? Because that's really what he's asking of you. Are you willing to focus solely upon him, do what he asks you to do, and, and, and go through whatever it is that he's asked you to go through? And, and uh, Tim Keller, um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Tim Keller, but is a Christian, a Christian author, pastor, uh, uh, has, has been, been widely known for, for a number of years. And he just passed away mm-hmm. on Friday, I think it was. <clears throat> and he was 74. He, he'd had a bout with cancer and, uh, uh, this, and he'd gone into remission and now it came back on him, unfortunately. But I saw a clip yesterday where he was asked, what would you tell a young Christian who is concerned about the future? And he, he sat there for a second and he said, I, I, I believe I would say if, if Jesus has been resurrected, and, and he has, then there's nothing to worry about. He said, everything's going to be okay. And it's just that simple. And he said, and there's nothing you could tell me right now. He said that, that either, either um, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the words he used, but essentially there's nothing you could say on any level that would convince him that Jesus was not resurrected. He said, I'm, I'm 100% confident in, the, in that fact. And because of that, I know that everything else is true. And I know that everything else that is promised is going to happen. And so I'm not worried about anything. And he said, that's what I would tell any young person who's concerned about the future, that Jesus is resurrected. You have to, you have to stay focused upon those things and realize that regardless of what you have to go through in this fallen world, Jesus' resurrection means it's all gonna be okay. And, and we, may, we may suffer momentarily. We may suffer for a season. We may suffer for weeks and months and years on end. It may be mental. It may be physical. It's all a result of the fallen world. And the disciples here, the apostles here, are just trying to do what God has called them to do, knowing that Jesus has been resurrected and that it's all going to be okay. If Paul was going to be stoned to death at that moment, Paul was willing to be stoned to death at that moment because he was where God had called him to go. And he knew it was all going to be okay. And so when you when you think about those words from Tim Keller, um, uh, apparently there's a lot of folks on social media over the weekend who have been you know, writing kind words and things to his, his family and what have you since he had passed. Uh, but, but he's made a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives just by, by being himself. And, and I know a lot of folks may not have agreed with some things he has, he has said, including, my, including myself. He managed to have a, a ministry that went on for decades that is essentially untarnished. 
He's he's one person who who at death, as far as I know, no one can come back and say, oh well, you did this and you did that, and and you know he, he wasn't kicked out of a church. He didn't have any indiscretions that that anyone's aware of, and so it was just refreshing to be able to look back at the life of someone who who made a difference in Christianity and and at least <laughs> so far at least not have any uh, uh, anything brought up about that but uh, but the whole point of, of bringing that up this morning is that that realization and that understanding that as long as 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 long as Jesus was resurrected then everything else is fine and there's nothing else to worry about even though we will you know you're going to you're going to continue to feel pain. You're going to continue to cry, and you're going to continue to go through things that you don't understand. And there'll be times of joy, um, but it's uh, it is it is going to be okay. Uh, comments, questions before we move on to verse uh, twenty-four. Some people believe that this was a time that Paul got to see the other side, paradise, that he was there, and that. He got to see the other side. Yeah, because he talks about that. We don't exactly know when that happened. And, uh, <clears throat> and <coughs> excuse me, the scripture here doesn't doesn't tell us for sure that he was dead. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah, it's certainly possible uh, for us to draw that conclusion. <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's because... It, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, Mary had brought up questions, uh, Mary Casper, that is, had brought up questions about when things happened in, in Paul's ministry. And, and Paul tells us a lot of things he experienced that um, we don't exactly know when they happened. Uh, but there's no question that he got to experience some things uh, that, that the rest of us will never get to see um, in that same manner. Um, and and he, got to, he got to come back and tell about it. Anything else? It sounds a lot like, uh, you know, when when they thought they were uh, and were finished with Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, well, we killed him, and hey, it's over. It's yeah. over. Well, it's, it sounds a lot like uh, that here. You know, yeah. They thought they could just stare at him, and he would go away, but it didn't really happen that way. No, it did not happen that way. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta believe that they thought after after the crucifixion that they thought, well, okay, let's get back to what we're doing now. And it was just the beginning of everything. Yeah. I was trying to find the verse. One of the preachers used it a few weeks ago. Do not be surprised by the fiery things you will endure. <laughs> and <coughs> that just reminded me of, yeah. you know, that was definitely a fiery thing that he had to endure. Uh, but I, I couldn't find the verse. I know I've read it down somewhere. I, and I and I wonder. I mean, I question myself. I, I if I were in a situation where I I was about to suffer. I mean, Paul tells us that he he knows that all of his suffering, all of his imprisonment, all of the things he went through, he was doing it for Christ. And I question whether or not I could do that. I question whether or not. I could, without just, you know, completely melting down, that I could go through the things that Paul went through. But I think you have to think to yourself, or at least I, I, this is my encouragement, <clears throat> that if I'm going to be called to suffer like this, 
God's going to give me what I need to get to the other side of it, or he's going to take me out of it. One of the two. That, you know, that's going to be one of two different <clears throat> different, different ways that he's going to take me out, obviously. He, he can deliver you, and he can deliver you. <laughs> Anything else? I thought about, as you were talking, you know, as far as the people that were so resistant and fought and stoned and I thought back to the Exodus. Here was God with them every day, every showing day. them miracles every day. And they would complain against Moses, knowing that they're not really complaining against Moses, they're complaining against God. They're complaining against God, yeah. And you know, what what God has given them isn't good enough. And yeah, why, but it wasn't you, good enough, was it? No. Why, why would you? Why would you expect anything different? You know, from these people who, some most, had no idea who God was, what it was about, or anything. Yeah, and we, like I said, we, we we can't take comfort in the fact that that there were some disciples and that they were able to go out and to, to get around Paul and to <clears throat> and to be there for him. So uh, we we go back to saying what we said last week that that. Paul's efforts were not in vain ever. He reached some people. And, and who are we to say that a ministry is successful as long as seeds are planted, right? You know, if seeds are planted and, and those who were called and chosen to do a task completed the task, from that point on, it's up to God. It's completely up to God. We've, you know, there, there's been times in the past here where some of the um, some of the, the ministries and things that that things that we do in this church that I consider to be the outreach. Um, I know there's there's been some discussion at times about well are we are we still doing some of these things for for the right reasons and, and it's it's and I always go back and land on the side of it's I don't know that it, that we are ones as long as we feel led to do something whether it's go out into this town and go door to door, whether it's have our Thanksgiving meal, what, whatever it may be, if we are, are, are prayerfully considering each step and being led by God through what we do, the results are up to him. They're not up to us, but we have to be obedient through the process. And if, if there's, there's, I'm, I'm trying to, to, this has been so long ago, but but there was discussion uh, at one point about um, you know we're not reaching enough people. There's not uh, there's some of these people that we uh, we we see come in for say for a Thanksgiving meal. They never come back to the church again for any reason. You know, are we doing this? Are we, is this something we should continue doing? And those types of things, right? And, and it was, and it came down to, again, who are we to, to judge a success? If, if, because I had family members who throughout the entire year would never set foot in the church door until we had the Thanksgiving meal. And those, and, and we would have a meal together with members of my family that I would never eat with at any other time. And so, you know, that's, that's an opportunity for them to hear a devotional. It's an opportunity for them to be able to come into a church and actually sit with other people who believe and people who, you know, who, who attend this church and get them to see what it's like to be around believers. 
And, and that was an experience that, that several years in a row, some of my family members only got to get on that day. And I was thankful for it because I could never get them here any other time. They would come because mom would invite them, you know? And they would say, well, it's, it's Thanksgiving, we better go down and, and down the church with mom. And then they'd hear a devotional. And it was like, hey, the doors are open. This is a good thing. So, so thank you. What's that? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, yeah. Yeah, fellow uh, Jordan and I were talking one time several years ago that um, he had he had felt the need being a being a first time pastor. He had felt the need that at every event he should be able he should come up with a, um, a like a targeted devotional or something that was for that particular event, and that if there wasn't a devotional on the docket for the event, that it was wrong. And he said he had to come to the mental conclusion and the and the understanding in his heart that fellowship for fellowship's sake is not wrong. That there's a lot of good that comes from that. And so, you know, even just because we're not doing a Bible study or a devotional at a church event doesn't make it not a church event, right? And uh, and so he had to come, he had to come to that conclusion because it bothered him. He's like, am I doing this right? Should I should I make sure that this happens or that happens? And and it, it, it made a difference in his life when he when he realized they says, Wow, you know, I can have fellowship with other Christians and it's good. It's an okay thing. So yeah, Crystal's points all taken. I have no idea how we got there. But we did. <laughs> Anything else before we move on to uh, Paul and Barnabas Cook coming back to Antioch and Syria? Mary. When I think, when I put myself in Paul's shoes, I think I would have thought the most important part of my ministry would be going to all these places and building relationships with people and talking to people. But I think the most enduring part of what he did was the letters he wrote, which were probably kind of an afterthought, but that's what we're sitting here talking about today. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. Yeah, yeah. You have to. It, you do kind of have to wonder. Did he? Did he put the importance? Did he know he was writing the Bible? Yeah. Did he know he was writing the Bible? I That's, think that kind of pressure would have paralyzed my writing. You know what I mean? If I was trying to write something, it was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> this will endure forever, Paul. Yes. Yeah. What you're about to write. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. I've never stopped. To, I've never stopped to ponder what may have been going through Paul's mind as he's in jail, you know, writing these letters back to uh, to these other churches, and, and it's uh, it is an interesting thing to do. <laughs> wow. Anything else? Well, yeah, this don't have anything to do with the lesson, but oh, well, okay, sorry. You know how we, you talked about these sunshine lollipops and rainbows and all this stuff. And, and unicorns. Yeah. yeah. As I think you talk, we talked about it here last week, and then you mentioned it in the sermon. I did, yeah. Sunday. <laughs> and they say iPhone don't hear nothing. Well, t on my YouTube feed this week was Sunshine Lollipops and Rainbows by Andy Williams. Are you serious? <laughs> so I just want to let you know that we, people are listening. <laughs> Oh my, okay. 
I thought I was I almost fell out of a chair when I saw it. That is, I laughed out loud. That is absolutely funny. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> yeah, I said, I'm just going to say it like the song. Yeah. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Yeah. Yeah, because Brad was going through, uh, like, teddy bears. And I, never, and I never Googled it one time. So, James, would you like to sing for it? No, I don't know. Really? So I didn't even play it. I just saw it on. I had enough of it. It's, it, it's right up with me. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you never know where you're going to go in this class, do you? <laughs> We've had unicorns and sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. That's all come from the front row. If the rest of you would participate, where would we go now? <laughs> All right, are we, uh, we got anything else there? Because I like where it's, it's, it's nice that we're just jumping around here. Dave, are you with us? I'm here. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's great. All right, let's go on to verse 24 then. Um, we'll look at Paul and Barnabas returning to Antioch in Syria. Verse 24, it tells us that then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the uh, to the oh boy, to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them, and how He had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. So we get this account of them going back through these different cities that they have, have already visited. Um, we, we understand through all that we've read here that they've been encouraging, uh, that they have um, essentially, uh, I guess they have they've picked elders and, and we've, we talked about that at the, uh, previously here. So they're, they're just continuing their work doing what they're called to do, establishing the churches, and, and making sure that, uh, essentially, that, that the Gentiles have a firm a foundation to, to grow on and that the gospel has, uh, has, has what it needs to continue. Um, and, and they can come back then and then share everything that they have been through. I have to have to wonder, when he comes back and starts talking, does Paul say, yeah, and over and here I was stoned? And, and, you know, and, and I was bleeding and broken and battered and they dragged me out of the city. And the disciples came and prayed for me. And, and you know, there's, there's all these things that I would, would love to hear his accounts and what took place. And Mary, maybe that's when he said, and let me tell you what I experienced. You know, that would, that would just be incredible uh, to, to be a part of that discussion and hear what went on. Uh, but people believe that Paul was the spiritual appointment of the 12th Institute because you only hear of Matthias once and he's and you never hear casting the locks a second time. No. That's empty. Yep, that never never happened never happens again. Of course of course the other thing that happened was the Holy Spirit had, uh, had come upon them um, and after the, after the Holy Spirit came upon them their guidance came from the Holy Spirit and not casting lots anymore. Um, I think I think that's probably the reason behind why you never hear about them casting lots again. Uh, however, it's, uh, uh, no, it's, there's a lot of things you can talk about with the Apostle Paul. Uh, anybody who writes, you know, 75% of the New Testament, 
we could talk about him in a lot, a lot of different, from a lot of different perspectives. Um, the next thing that we get into here is the Jerusalem Council, and this is an account of essentially there are some Jews who are talking to Christians, telling them that you need to be first a Jew before you can be a Christian, that you need to first be circumcised and you need to obey the laws of Moses. And then once you do that, then you can put your faith in Jesus. And so it, it, it really is counterintuitive when you think about it, uh, but it stirs up some issues and some problems. And this is, their, this is the way that the uh, apostles decided to address the situation and how they dealt with uh, this um, uh, misguided view of, of Christianity and misguided view of what it took to, to be saved. And so um, it's 1040. I'm not sure that we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm going to ask if you all have the opportunity to read chapter 15 this week and we'll come back and we'll, uh, uh, we'll go through it because I want to, I want to talk about what they wound up telling in the end, just as a, as a uh, synopsis here, they wind up writing a letter and sending it out uh, to the believers and saying, you know, we understand that, that you've been uh, been told this. And, and so we're telling you that that yoke is not something you need to wear. We're telling you that this is this is a, a yoke that will bring you down. Um, we're telling nobody should tell you to keep laws that that none of us have been able to keep. That's a burden that Jesus came and removed. And so therefore, these are the things we want you to focus on. And so what I, what I want to talk about next week is um, the things that they tell the, uh, the Gentiles that they need to focus on. And we'll get into that as we read out through here. And why they told them these things and why didn't they tell them some other things? Because it seems like a, very, a fairly limited instruction to me. And so read through that and then let's, let's, let's talk about that uh, next week and, uh, and see where it leads us. Um, any closing questions or comments before we, we uh, close for the day? The clock has so much to say. All right, well, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, we will go ahead and close then and uh, head on into the sanctuary. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you so much for the preservation. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for all that it means to us as we continue to, to dig deeper and as we continue to discuss it. Lord, thank you for opening up your word to us each and every week so that we can learn from it. Uh, Father, help us to truly hide these words in our hearts and help us to to remember when we, uh, when we depart from these walls and we enter into uh, the mission field that's out there. Uh, Lord, just that, that when we share your word with others and when we follow you out of obedience, regardless of the difficulty and regardless of the, uh, the potential uh, turmoil and torment, uh, Lord, when we are obedient to you and we put our trust in you, uh, as Tim Keller said, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. Everything will, will work out. And Lord, just help us to be mindful of that as we go about our activities this week. Um, help us to follow you and honor you and, uh, and, and make choices 
that will just draw us closer to you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. Lord, be with us this day, and uh, uh, please be with, with Dave this morning as he brings the message and, uh, and as they bring special music. And just thank you so much for all that you've done, Lord. And as always, we look forward to what you'll do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.